Today's episode is going to be special because we'll be chatting with a really good personal friend of mine, Alan Pruitt. And today we're talking about planning for final expenses. And let's face it, none of us want to think about that we may die. None of us want to think about that we may not have the funds to cover final expenses. And we often just don't want to deal with these situations. So we're going to talk about some tips and some tricks and how Alan can help you uh, to, to get these things in order so that you can sleep at night and know that your family is taken care of. And as always, if there are any other financial related issues in your life that keep you up, email me at david at parallelfinancial.com. That's david at parallelfinancial.com. We can do a 30 minute consultation, whether that be via Zoom or in person or over the telephone, and we can talk about uh, the things that are worrying you and we can do our best to point you in the right direction. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chudik, where we discuss the wealth building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast, where we talk about the mindsets, the tactics, and the strategies to help you to build and maintain wealth. Really excited today because I have a really good friend of mine named Alan Pruitt uh, to talk today about some planning needs that uh, that we have as we get a little bit later on in life and how not to be a burden on your families and some of those mindsets and even some of the solutions that uh, that he can provide. So, hey, Alan, what's going on, man? How you doing today? Doing great, David. It's great to be here with you today, man. I appreciate the, the time and the opportunity. Sure, sure. Now, you're one of the people that is more passionate about what you do than almost anybody I've ever met. So I've always appreciated that about you. And, and, and I may even make a few jokes about this uh, over the course of this episode, but I've seen you cry a few times when talking about some clients you know, may, who may have passed away, that life insurance clients and everything. And, um, and that's just... You know, that just shows the caring of it because, um, uh, you know, we're in a business where we're taking care of people and that's really, really all that it is. So, so cool. So did you, where'd you grow up, man? Are you from, from South Carolina? Where, where are you from? I actually grew up in Seneca. Uh, I'm a Bobcat. Uh, this is 1992, born, uh, born at Oconee Hospital in 74 and uh, kind of moved around a little bit, never really have left the upstate. Uh, my daddy got into poultry farming. So I kind of learned how to be dirty and, and work with my hands. I had grease under the fingernails. And, uh, you know, that's kind of my background. I'm thankful for all the things I can do and my abilities, but uh, kind of feel like my calling was a little different from being a farmer or a mechanic yeah. or whatever. So here I am, man. No, that's cool. And one thing, um, you know, you're just one of those dudes that's very resourceful and you can just figure stuff out. I remember, uh, when, when we moved into our new building, we had a little plumbing leak and Alan's like, you know what, don't hire a plumber. Come on. I'll, I'm coming up there. We're going to take care of this little plumbing leak. And, and I, I appreciated the heart of that. And I also appreciate just the expertise because I'm not the, um, not the handiest guy in the world. So it's really awesome to have friends that are there for you when you need them. So uh, that's a great thing. But hey, so you're in the, you know, you're in the, you're in the life insurance business, and and you do some some financial planning type issues, and we're talking today a little bit about um, uh, final expense expense type stuff, and you know, really, you know, what you do is you help people. So how do you help people, um, you know, with maybe not being a burden later on in life? 
You know, I, I think I don't think any of us are born to to want to be a burden, especially a financial burden to anybody, especially our families. And uh, the only way that we're not going to be a burden when we die is, is to have a plan. And I think uh, on the final expense horizon, uh, people begin to get a little age on them and get into that senior market, if you want to call it that. Uh, now, I see a little bit of gray in your beard. So uh, you and I, and, and maybe there's a, not quite as much hair on my head as used to be there. So, but, but I mean, in all seriousness, like I still kind of think of myself as a 21 year old, but then I look right. at my driver's license and I look in the mirror and we're all getting older, man. That, you know, that what you just said, that that's kind of something that hits me in the face almost daily. Um, and I try not to look in the mirror too often below here. Uh, but it, you know, it, you're right. I mean, it, it, it's coming. And as we age, we kind of start to understand what's happening. And, and I've been in a position before to where I was kind of limited as to what I could do to help people. People would age out of uh, what you call products, I guess. And <clears throat> I wanted to do something a little different to be able to help everybody. We can't forget our seniors. You know, our seniors don't want to be financial burdens for their families. And what I do is I help folks plan. You know, let's see what we need uh, financially for our family when, when, when it's time for us to leave, that, let's leave this earth. We don't want to leave that stress for the family because the mourning and the grieving process is tough enough as it is. Um, yeah. So that's one of the things that one of the elements that can be taken out of it is the financials. Um, we could do actually some, uh, we could do some assignments, planning with funeral homes, particular funeral homes. That way everything's taken care of and uh, the checks actually mailed to the funeral home then. Uh, and, you know, things are taken care of for, for the family. So that's one you know, one asset of it that's, or aspect of it that's, that's actually taken care of before you leave here. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you and I have been in kind of similar industries over, over our careers and, and, you know, people say that money doesn't solve all problems, but let's face it. If you have what's maybe the worst day of your life, losing a family member, that's horrible a million, two million, a billion dollars doesn't bring your family member back. But if you had it, you would, you would pay it. But what makes that event even worse is if you're taking the loss of a loved one and you're, and you're having also to deal with financial issues to, um, to pay for a funeral, uh, to, to, to pay for some of the, some of the maybe unpaid medical bills and so on and so, so forth. So, so you're dealing with that sorrow, but if there's no money, to take care of it. It's just another problem that you don't need or don't want at a time that you don't need or don't want it. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, my, my dad died at age 58. Um, and you know, I, I saw what my mother went through emotionally and you know, that, that was tough. I mean, you know, my mother was 54 years old and a widow. Um, and 54 is young. I mean, you, that, that is a young widow for sure. Yeah. And she's, she had a lot of life in front of her. Uh, they were, uh, on the brink of being married 38 years at the time. I mean, that's a long time to be with somebody mm -hmm. for, uh, one day to be normal life and the very next day to, to be just like part of you is gone. I, I saw that myself <clears throat> and I watched my mother grieve for about five months. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if she had not been taken care of financially, I, 
you know, that was the things that she did not have to worry about mm-hmm. because she, and then and that let her be able to uh, to grieve for five months. And that kind of changed something in me. Uh, I was in a different industry at the time, but I saw that firsthand. <clears throat> I sold the business I had and got into the life insurance business. I've actually delivered death benefit checks. When you go to the family, that death benefit check is not going to bring the person back. Just like you said, but I've had my, and if it could, they would, they would gladly sign it away to bring their loved one back. Absolutely. It's not about just money for greed at all. No, not at all. But it was, there was a certain amount of comfort. Mm-hmm. when they saw me coming because they need the bills keep coming. I mean, you lose a That's loved one, exactly the right. bills keep coming. And not only the regular bills, there are more bills coming. There's the funeral. There's maybe paying off the final. If someone died from an illness and they were hospitalized, there are hospital bills that are still going to need to be paid. And, That's right. and maybe you missed some work while you were taking care of your loved one, while they're in their last days and your, and your, your income was lower. Those bills are coming, man. That's right there. And there are strategies that I can go through. Uh, with with the families and we sit down to to show you how to sort of quote unquote buy time uh, with your mortgage um, you know to where you can handle things on your terms uh, as a survivor um, and you know it's all a matter of just sitting down and, and making that plan taking the time to do it uh, I've, I've actually sat across my desk from a lady one time whose husband had been passed away for three months I didn't know her at the time didn't know her before it happened and she was coming to look at home and auto insurance to see if we could cut some corners to save her some money. She told me her husband had passed. I said, well, you know, I said, well, let me ask you this. Did you have life insurance? And she broke down right in front of me, face in her hand, saying, we didn't think we needed it yet. He was 57 years old. Yeah. Got up from the couch, took two steps across the living room floor to go to the kitchen and fell over dead from a heart attack right in front of her. That's reality. It is. And that is reality that happened right in front of me to see her reaction. There was no plan. And there she was scraping and and scratching, trying to create room for herself to be able to handle what she needed to handle on her own. Well, and the other reality (laughs) is not only did she lose, you know, presumably the love of her life, she also lost his paycheck. And, And that, that may sound cold, but his paycheck was needed to pay bills and living expenses. And if these were just plain old regular Seneca, Oconee County country folk, you need that paycheck. They probably didn't have $20 million in the bank. Exactly right. And, and of course she was in that position. I mean, you know, they were on a fixed income. Uh, He had retired early um, and she, he was the breadwinner. He had worked all these years. All she had left was with the reserves that they had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, there she was. So, yep. Yep. Um, but, you know, and like I said, that's, that's, that's a reality that a lot of us are going to face. And it's all about planning. It's all about sitting down and making that plan to say, okay. And look, you know, you're never too young, but it will get to the point that you become, for better, lack of a better term of putting it in a different way, you can become too old because it'll yeah. get to the point that you will age out of being able to qualify for life insurance. Yeah. Yeah. So let's look at, let's look at uh, someone, you know, 55, 60, 65, 70, and they have grown kids. So they don't have a baby. So if they passed away, they don't necessarily have to financially take care of their 20 and 30 year old kids. 
but they still have concerns. I mean, what are some of the concerns that someone in their you know, mid 50s, early 60s and 70s have with regard to, you know, God forbid, if, if, if they don't make it home today? Believe it or not, I meet with folks in their early to mid 60s who have mortgages that they're two to three years into. Believe it or not, um, you know, people, you know, well, we're to a point financially now we're going to go build this house and, you know, they may be on the lake or they may, you know, we've had this property for several years. Let's build a house on it. Well, they have a mortgage. Uh, you, you'd be surprised at the, at the folks that you run into that are like that. Some folks are barely scraping by on nothing but Social Security. Um, you, you have the lingering thoughts of the expenses of funerals, you know, just that alone. But then you have. Well, let me ask you that. Bills. So, you know, we're in Oconee County, South Carolina. Um, I mean, what's a funeral? What's the what's the range of costs on a funeral? And I'm sure it it varies all over the country. But what's kind of the range of costs for something like that? Um, in speaking to a, a few funeral homes and, I, you know, you're going to range depending on what you decide, you're going to range anywhere from about $8,000 up to a, upwards of 20. Just yeah, depending sure on all the bills and whistles. That, but but $8,000, yeah. if you haven't planned for it, that, that's a chunk of money. I mean, and, and that can be a yeah. huge stress on a family's life for, for sure, without question. Yeah, to come about just suddenly, uh, moving back to my daddy, just, just to give you a little insight. Uh, my daddy was on vacation uh, up in Tennessee, was actually on the Pigeon River. And they were basically tubing down the river and my daddy passed away. One minute he was talking about how beautiful the scenery was. The next minute he was on the side of the bank and breathing his last breath. So, you know, that's, that's reality that, that, and it, and it comes that quickly. You know, you, you think of somebody being aged, lying on their quote unquote deathbed. It doesn't always come to where you've got six sure. months to, to yeah. figure it out. Yeah. So yeah. Now, were, were you not to get too, were you with him when that happened? I was, I was actually not. My mother was right there and another couple that they were friends with. But is, is there a little uh, bit of peace in, in your heart knowing that he was kind of with his family doing something enjoyable I yeah, mean, in, two, in some way? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm -hmm. there, there are two things that give me peace in my heart. Number one, knowing that he was living life. Mm -hmm. Number two, knowing that his name was in the book of life and that yep. he was just fine when his eyes opened the, the, the very next second. So Absolutely. And again, seeing that my mother was taken care of financially uh, through planning, that that yep. that's that was a big deal because I don't know what I would have done. I was in no position at all to help my mother financially. Sure. Yeah. 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 OK, so let's say I'm 65 and, 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 and somehow either Alan calls me or one of my friends who's Alan's client say, you know what, I think you should talk to Alan. Um, you know, what are some of the things Alan's going to talk to talk to a 65 or 70 year old? And what are kind of some of the solutions that that, you know, may solve some of the problems that the 65 or 70 year old has at that point in life? First thing we're going to see is where are you financially? Um, you know, what is your income? Uh, I like to say uh, Bill and Pat. So I don't know why that comes to mind, but I'm sitting with Mr. Bill and Mrs. Pat, his, his spouse, and Bill's bringing in. $1,100 a month in social security and Pat's bringing home, uh, bringing in $900 a month. Well, one of those is going to go away instantly if, if one of them doesn't make it home. So we're going to find that out. What is your, what is your monthly income combined? All right. Now we're going to plan for that. Now mortgages, prescriptions, uh, you know, what do you have that acts like life insurance? Do you have any kind of 
pensions, 401ks, any, any kind of significant savings, anything like that. We're going to touch on everything. We're, we're just going to look into your life. That way we can address the gaps in your life financially. And, and then the biggie is that we're going to find something that fits your budget. Well, and, and just to talk about gaps for a second, I've been in, in this business for a long time and we're all very tempted to ignore our gaps because, you know, who wants to admit, hey, I don't have as much money as I'd like to or, but ignoring gaps does not change the fact that the gaps still exist. Oh, it, it, it doesn't. I mean, you know, we're, we may or we're may not, not be able to fill those gaps totally. Sometimes it just costs too much and you can't afford to fill the gap totally, but you can probably do something and something's better than nothing is what I've always found, you know, with That's my right. experience. Mm-hmm. That's right. We, uh, you know, we can get to a gap that we may not be able to, uh, we, we may not be able to completely build a bridge over that gap, but we can probably cut a tree down <laughs> and, and figure out a way to at least get across it. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, yeah. Uh, we may not build. We're not going to build this immaculate arch bridge with this nice truss system, and we're going to put it on TV because it's a, it's an engineering marvel. But we're going to figure a way across that gap. So, uh, and that's that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, it's like another ATV in the garage. You know, you're, you're you're okay to do that because we can afford that. We can we can make that payment. Or, hmm, let's look and see what we really need to look at here because of where we're getting through in life. Mm-hmm. So, so let's say that you and Bill and Pat, you have some conversations, maybe if they're like me and my family, you know, we're not exactly where we want to be financially. Um, but let's say that you do some calculations and maybe that obviously they may do something uncomfortable, like purchase some life insurance or do some planning. How do you think once this is all finalized, like how do you think Bill and Pat feel? as far as just mentally, I mean, is that a, a burden lifted or how do they feel? Yeah. You, I've, I've actually had people say, well, I can sleep tonight, you know, I mean, because people think about this. I mean, I've actually had ladies typically are the, are the ones that are saying it. Um, but, you know, I've had the, I've had it said to me that, well, that's just a weight off my shoulders, you know, or thank you for continuing to call us. You know, it, it, sometimes you you're calling on folks, three and four times over the course of a year, you know, and then they see something happens to a neighbor or, or, or a spouse or, or a friend of their spouse or a, or a sibling. My goodness, he died. And, and, and my sister was left with blank, you know, and they don't want that to go to happen to them, you know, so you never really know what's happened in somebody's lives, what they've seen um, to, to give them that relief, to give them, you know, to make them understand the, the opportunity that you're putting in front of them to take care of their family and uh, to lift that burden. You know, we were talking about that earlier. Nobody wants to be a burden. You know, people joke about how, oh, well, you know, she'll remarry. She's a good looking lady, that kind of thing. But when it really gets that's a defense it, mechanism that dudes have because they don't want to yeah, deal right. with the problem in front of them. That's right. Oh, they want to just tell you how good looking their wife is. You know, I mean, they brag. So but anyway. Seriously, um, you know, people will joke with you about that because nobody wants to talk about dying. Now, I don't want to talk about it, but I do want to help you get a plan to get. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I know that's coming. None of us are getting out of here alive. But, you know, at, we as people, we don't want to talk about it. We want to talk about tomorrow's plans, next weekend's plans, this Christmas's plans, next year's vacation to Disney World. That's what we want to talk about. We don't want to talk about 
hey, we're not going to be here tomorrow. You know, that that's and and that's what you have to break it down to to be yeah, willing yeah. to understand. So. But the beautiful thing about working with you is, yes, you, everybody's going to have to kind of acknowledge, you know, that we're not we're we're not immortal, and we're going to have to talk about what happens when we die and who gets money. And but once it's done, it's kind of done. You don't have to think about this every day anymore. You just have to, you know, if there's a monthly premium, have the monthly premium ready to be paid. But it's no longer dwelling on this 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 thing hanging over your head on what might happen to me if i die it's now it's taken care of so we can live live the rest of our lives you know in in whatever amount of peace that we that we can have that's exactly right and again you know in in the world of final expense insurance when you get to the point that you're really really realizing that and understanding that or 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 seeing that your friends are having issues that then plan. I mean, it really, I mean, it really starts to hit home with folks. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it becomes a lot bigger deal that you offer that comfort. And then they turn around and say, you know, I just don't have to think about this anymore. Yep. So I have a client and sweet little old lady, and she's had, she's had breast cancer and she, you can tell when she comes in, she's just, thankful to God that she's still alive. I don't know. She's late seventies, maybe early eighties. And she brings in a relatively significant amount of money for what I think she has every quarter to pay for her life insurance. But you can just see the pride in her face when she hands that money over because it's, it's money well spent. And, you know, she knows like you and I know that our days are all numbered, but of course, statistically she's closer to, to the end game than, than we are because of her age, but she's so proud and she almost has that smile on her face when, um, when she makes that payment. So that's, that's really important, but now let, right. let's talk about this. So, you know, at what point is it kind of too late to where Alan really can't help somebody because either they're too old um, or they're too sick, or it may be just way out of affordability. I mean, what, what, what kind of, you know, barriers are there? Well, obviously, you know, the older you get, the more expensive it's going to be. All right. Cause let's face it though. Like anybody over 45 or 50 or something, I mean, you're going to have blood pressure. You're going to have, I mean, there's stuff going, nobody, yeah, yeah. everybody has something going on. Right. Well, well, these, well, companies understand that too. And, and, and the thing is, I think a lot of times people are say a lot of times, sometimes people think that the, that the insurance companies quote unquote, want to sit on in their ivory towers and and tell you that they're too good to take care of what you have. Well, that's really not the case. Um, I'm in a position of where I have, uh, you know, several options through different carriers. I'm actually a broker. Uh, and so that gives me several options and, and, and an ability to kind of tailor exactly what somebody's uh, issue is, whatever their, whatever their needs are, I can tailor something to them. All right. Now, when we start getting into, you know, folks up above their mid 80s, then that it starts becoming an issue. When we have folks that are uh, diagnosed as terminal, that that's an issue. And what um, what is you know, the definition of terminal from like an insurance standpoint? If you if you were told that you have X amount to live, that is considered being uh, diagnosed as terminally ill. Okay. And if you're terminal, you know. I, I, there's nothing that I can do for you. Um, and, and 
you know, you were talking about the emotion that comes into some of this with me, man. That that's one of the things that kind of gets me emotional when I can't do something for them. That 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 gets gets away with me. Um, so, um, but that's a big deal. And of course, like I say, you kind of when you get up into your mid eighties and above, you're you're going to age out of anything that 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 I'm going to be able to do to help you. Okay. Okay. So again, you get into that seventy-ish person. Are there any other kind of health conditions that are really a deal breaker that kind of makes it just about impossible to get any life insurance or, or is, is, are you as a broker able to, I mean, you can't make any promises, but can you help most people? As far as impossible in your mid seventies, no, not impossible, but it does begin to kind of whittle away at, at the options that you have, you know? So um, again, I like to tell folks that I can typically do something for everybody. But again, the, the wide range of options tend to go away uh, when you start having health issues. Uh, you know, we have people that have had cancer, stroke, uh, heart attack, um, COPD, stents, uh, anything like that, you know, and diabetes starts coming into play. But there are options that I have for that. But then as you, as you begin to get more and more and more uh, in depth with severe medical, you know, organ failure, things like that, active cancer, you know, that, that starts becoming to where it's pretty narrow as to what I can mm -hmm. do for you. Mm -hmm. um, and how does it work with regards to, you know, you get these questions about, well, does this cover me from day one? Like if, if, if Alan writes a policy for me and if I die two days later, is Alan going to keep the money? Is the insurance company going to keep the money? Um, you know, does it cover everything or does it maybe not cover if I die from, you know, X, Y, Z condition? The, the options that I deal with uh, are what we call simplified issue. The simplified issue means that it is, it's a non-medical underwriting process. Okay. Non-medical underwriting means that nobody's going to come stick your arm for a blood sample. Uh, they're not going to hand you a cup and tell you to run off to the bathroom and bring me back a sample. And there's not going to be a nurse coming to do, quote unquote, a paramed, which is 40 or 50 more questions. And then you wait two months to get your results because of underwriting. It, it doesn't work like that with the, with the options that I have. Um, I actually have carriers that will tell me while I'm sitting at the table with you if you're approved or not. But typically, we're going to know something within a week. Um, and but the thing is, is when you when you go ahead and put up your uh, your first, first month's premium there, you're covered from that time. I mean, when I like to joke around, I'll say, Bill, Pat, it's been great to see to sit with you tonight. Now, Bill, you're covered right now. When I leave here, you're covered. So tomorrow morning, if Pat pushes you off the front porch and runs over you with the lawnmower, she's going to get a check. You know, I mean, and that's a, sort of a joking way to put it. But that that's how quick the coverage, you know, it, it becomes active. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think like anything else, just that first step of getting started of even not even getting started, just setting an appointment with someone like yourself and just saying, you know what? I don't want to talk about dying. I don't want to talk about how little money I think I have. I don't want to talk um, about any of that, but I need to, and, and I need to do it. So let's just set a time. Let's deal with it. Uh, I'm sure you're also asking the questions, you know, do you have a will? Uh, you know, and, and you don't, you're not an attorney. I'm not an attorney. We can't do wills, but we can certainly highly suggest that our clients go get their wills and, and estate planning done, uh, those uh, healthcare directives. Because if, if, if you don't have the right papers in, in, uh, on file, 
you know, the hospitals and doctors have to do everything they can to keep you alive. And most people after a certain age don't want that. Um, right. They would rather say, look, when my heart's not beating on its own, just let me go and, and I've had a good life. So now talk to right. me a little bit about um, uh, uh, funeral planning, pre-planning. How does, how does that work? What you'll typically do is go to a particular funeral home of your choice uh, and, and you're going to plan your funeral. Basically. I mean, it, you, you're going to, you know, decide whether you're going to be buried, you're going to be cremated. You'll plan your service. You'll actually pick out your casket. I mean, all that fun, morbid stuff, but all that stuff that's going to be a part of what has to happen, you know, when you die, if you'll, if you'll set it up with the funeral home and then take your, your life insurance policy, we can do an assignment to that particular funeral home. And I don't know, let's just say that you have a $15,000 life insurance policy and you have planned a $10,000 funeral. Well, what happens is we're going to do an assignment to that funeral home. So what that means is that the first $10,000 of your death benefit will go directly to the funeral home. And then the additional $5,000 that's left over is going to go to your beneficiary, which is typically a spouse. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it, everything's taken care of so that, you know, with Bill and Pat, well, Bill has passed away. Pat does not have to even think about it. Pat just has to be told by her consolers or by the funeral home or whatever, what time this is going to be when it's, you know, just make that call and, and tell them to go ahead with the plans. And that's and right. And go ahead and keep mourning, but it's not going to be worse because you're having to figure out how to apply for another credit card to max out for a funeral, right. which is not a Absolutely. good situation. That's right. Yeah. So, and there's the peace of mind. Again, we're not going to be able to bring Bill back, but we're going to be able to make things just a little bit easier because we sat down and planned. Sure. If you think about it, insurance is only one thing. It's money at a triggering event. So car insurance, you run into me, either you're going to pay for my damages or or your car insurance is going to pay for it. And the triggering event right. was that you were at fault. Life insurance, the triggering event is, is, is dying. Disability is a triggering event as you're not able to work. Money, all money is, is options and freedom. So um the money doesn't bring the loved one back, but it certainly eliminates some, some of the, of the problems and the stresses and, and the heartache that, um, that could happen for sure. So, so now I know in insurance, not everybody can do business everywhere because of insurance licenses, licensing and things like that. So what states are you able to, um, to, to do, to do business? Obviously I do. Uh, I'm licensed in the state of South Carolina. I'm also licensed in the state of Georgia and North Carolina. So uh, all three states. Um, and, you know, I, I'll go to Savannah if need be, if people need me down there. You know, I'll go, <laughs> I'll go up on the Virginia line up there if that's what it takes uh, to, sure. to help the people that need my help. So if Bill and Pat had some friends that have kind of the same concerns, how would Bill and Pat's friends get in touch with Alan and um, uh, to, to kind of get the process started in, in working with you? Well, first off, I can be reached at my mobile number, uh, which is area code 864-723-1917. And we'll put that uh, in the I, show notes for sure. Okay. And also my email address, which is Alan P. Now, uh, the spelling is A-L-L-E-N, the letter P, and then F-F-L. That stands for Family First Life, which is the, the uh, IMO that I work with. So it's alanpffl at gmail.com. Perfect. 
perfect. Well, this has been informative. And this, if anybody listening just feels like, you know what, I just need to deal with this. I, I need, I don't want to think about it. I don't even quite frankly want to write a check to Alan or his companies, but, but I need to, and I need to talk to Alan, call him, email him. And uh, just get the process started and, and just do it before it's too late because we're all one, you know, one heartbeat away. I mean, you know, uh, your dad was tubing and, and presumably just a normal, healthy guy in his, in his mid to late fifties and he didn't come home. And, and we don't know when that's going to happen. So let's all deal with these issues now. And then when, or if, you know, the inevitable happens, we're able to, uh, just know that our family has that one less item to deal with. And that's the, the money part of it. Well, well this it's is an honor to sit down with anybody to help with any mm -hmm. family. It is an absolute honor. Um, mm -hmm. It's where my heart lies. And mm -hmm. again, you've seen that. So, um, and I do appreciate the time here. I yeah, appreciate the, the opportunity mm -hmm. to sit here yeah. and, and, and kind of yeah. get this message out. Now, if somebody, you know, whether it's due to COVID or just due to convenience, can you work over Zoom as well if somebody's Absolutely. comfortable and, sure and, and proficient? Okay. So Zoom in person or, or whatever anybody's comfortable we, with. We can work from me sitting on the porch talking through the front door. I mean, perfect. whatever it takes, we, we will get a plan in place for you and your family. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. All right, everybody. So that is Alan Pruitt. Alan's a good friend of mine and, and, there are a few people in, in life that I say that is just a good dude. And Alan is a good dude. He'll do what he can to help you. Um, and even if he can't help you, he'll say, look, I just can't help you. And I don't have any options or, or point you in the right direction. So Alan Pruitt, um, his information will be in the show notes. And if planning for, for the inevitable and planning for, for your final expenses is something that's been on your mind, give Alan a call and um, see what he can come up with. And um, if there's ever any other financial issues, my email is david at parallelfinancial.com. And we wish you a blessed week until our next episode. The information contained herein, including but not limited to research, market valuations, calculations, estimates, and other material obtained from Parallel Financial and other sources are believed to be reliable. However, Parallel Financial does not warrant its accuracy or completedness. The materials are provided for informational purposes only. It should not be used or construed as an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security. Past performance is not indicative of future results.